1: Hi, welcome to Hollywood Crime Scene. This is Rachel Fisher. Hi, this is Desi Jedekin. Let's start out by thanking our Patreon contributors from this past week. We had Stephanie, Shannon, Jay, Kathleen, Glenda, Cheryl, Jennifer, Suzanne, Avery, Lori, Laura, Amy, Mary, Rebecca, Stevie, Mandy, Mackenzie, Susan, Aggie, Dana, Catherine, Ryan, Nora, Nicole, and Mike. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. This episode is part two of our story on James P. Watson. And as I said last week, my two main sources for this, these two episodes was the book American Bluebeard, Lies and Dead Wives by Elaine Lorraine Barnett Ruff, And the majority of my research for this episode, our part two, was old newspaper articles, which there were a lot. This was front page news in the Los Angeles Times for a long time, for months. Okay. Where we left off last week... J.P. Watson was charged with bigamy in Los Angeles, but detectives couldn't prove he murdered his wife, Nina Deloney, without a body. Up in Washington, the body of Elizabeth Pryor, who was one of Watson's other wives, was found and the DA up there wanted to extradite him to face murder charges. But Watson didn't want to go to prison in Washington. He knew he might be hanged. So he agreed to a deal he would give up the location of Nina Deloney's body and serve a life sentence in San Quentin. For nearly three hours, Watson confessed his crimes to Los Angeles District Attorney Woolwine. Woolwine began by asking Watson how many people he had killed. Watson answered that it was really hard for him to remember. He said that he would become overcome with an urge to marry women and then murder him murder them. He said that he felt that something was urging him to commit these acts and that it felt justified in his mind. He described keeping trophies from his victims, quote, I would go and keep things belonging to them, things I couldn't use, put them away, go look at them, oft times, have pleasure just looking at the things that accumulated, and then I would try to reason with myself. Am I right or am I wrong? Now, he would have these sort of moments of like Being lucid, where he would be like, Right. Is this wrong? (laughs) Nah. And then he would say, Nah. Yeah. I mean, that's such a weird
2: serial killer urge to marry them and then kill them. Like, yeah, it's
1: almost like a compulsion.
2: Yeah, that's really interesting.
1: Watson said that he felt at ease and he felt a sense of relief after committing murder. These murders were not motivated by money, as he often killed women who had nothing. And he often gave money to these women he married before he married them. He got some of them engagement rings. Yeah. So this wasn't in any way to like turn a profit, like we talked about with other cases. With other cases. According to Watson, his murders were motivated by the sense of urgency and the relief that washed over him after he did it. Watson said that he never had the desire to kill men, just women. He said that he murdered Nina on January 26th, 1920 in Los Angeles. After leaving the Fielding Hotel in Santa Monica, Watson and Nina drove to the Signal Hill area of Long Beach, where they decided to camp for the night. Watson said that they got into an argument after Nina discovered a letter from one of his other wives that had fallen out of his coat pocket while they were setting up camp. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's the thing. He had this briefcase he carried around with him everywhere. Right. The briefcase had all the love letters, all the bank books. But this one he just
2: happened to have in his pocket. Must, he didn't get a chance to put it in the briefcase. It yet. must
1: have, or it was a really dirty one.
2: That he wanted to keep on him. He wanted to keep on him for safekeeping. He's like, I'm gonna jerk off in the tent. <laughs> Tonight, to this one. And it's where they camping in Long Beach? I like, I know it's
1: the 20s, but I'm just like trying to wrap my brain. Look, you could probably camp like by where the Grove used to be, right. or by the Grove is, yeah. like in the 20s. Yeah, that's crazy. So I, I, who knows what Signal Hill looked like? I don't know. Back then, Nina, upon seeing that he had a love letter from another woman in his pocket, threatened to turn him into the police for being a bigamist. <gasps> Watson grabbed the hammer he used to secure the stakes for his tent, and then he proceeded to beat Nina on the head with it. Oh my God. He continued to beat other areas of her body, ensuring that she was dead. Watson then wrapped up her body in a piece of canvas and loaded it into the car, driving south down the coast to San Diego. When he reached San Diego, it was morning. Then he headed east to the Imperial Valley. He carried the corpse up a hill and buried it in the sand. Watson noted that he was overcome with superhuman strength when tasked with carrying the body up the hill. Now, this was a 150-pound woman. Yeah. And he carried it up this, like, jagged terrain. Damn. That's hard. So he says he was, like, Superman at this point. I don't know if they had Superman back then. I don't... I have no idea. I don't think they did. But he said he had superhuman strength. He didn't know how he was able to do it. He just did it. Adrenaline, right? I I guess so. I I mean, he, like, this, like, when after he killed, he was like feeling like he could do anything. Yeah. Watson confessed that Nina wasn't the only one of his wives he had murdered, there were three others. Woolwine next asked about Bertha Goodnick. Watson explained that her death was actually an accident. He said he was in a boat on Lake Washington with Bertha when the engine stopped. A sudden storm was too much for the engineless boat, and they tried to maneuver it with just oars. But the waves came up and swept Bertha off the boat, and she went overboard, presumably drowning. Watson left the scene and told no one, even after her disappearance was reported in the papers. Her body was never recovered. What are the chances
2: you kill all your wives and then one accidentally <laughs> drowns?
1: Like it seems pretty unlikely to me I agree because he would say this about uh, another one of his wives that oh this was also an accident I mean most of us don't even have one wife that died <laughs> yeah by mysterious circumstances yeah, like, that's crazy and you don't tell anyone oh,
2: yeah why would you not tell anyone
1: like I could forgive him like oh he didn't want to go to the police maybe he was in, already in trouble with the law but you don't tell anybody yeah it's weird Watson was next asked about his wife, Alice Ludvigsen, who he married in a small town outside of Seattle. Watson couldn't remember the exact date they had married, which I understand, but he said it was two or three years ago. Watson said him and Alice were on a boat in the St. Joe River in Idaho when they approached some kind of log jam. Oh, he said that Alice was thrown from the boat and that he couldn't help her because he couldn't swim. He didn't report this either, fearing he would be accused of murder. Ugh. Now again, this is the another wife that he said, "Oh, it was an accident." Wait, she she fell off the boat in a log chain. <laughs> Sorry, this is like
2: the most nineteen tens murder ever. Yeah, there was like a bunch of logs floating down the river. Why am I just thinking of like Splash Mountain? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry.
1: Right, or, like, any log jam ride yeah. at an amusement park. No, there was, like, some kind of, like, log situation happening. Okay. And the boat, like, careened into where the logs were. And she flew off? Yeah, and then she went under the logs. I see. And, like, that was trapped. That sounds like my nightmare. I yeah.
2: Mean, if
1: that happened, that's so awful. Water is very unpredictable. Absolutely. Like, a water situation. Well, you can, also, where you can't get up. Ugh. Ugh. Like, have you ever, like been like in the ocean and you get sucked under and you like go tumbling around like you're in a washing machine.
2: Yes. And I've done that before where I think I'm swimming to the top and I was swimming to the bottom.
1: Yeah. That's
2: really scary. I don't like it.
1: I think I'm not used, a fan. <laughs> I think I used to like swimming in bodies of water a lot more when I was a kid.
2: Oh, that's like literally all, most of my fears <laughs> revolve around swimming in water. Like I'm afraid of almost all of it. What about pools? Um, I mean, I did see a horror movie when I was a kid (laughs) where the pool turns into a glass when someone (gasps) dives under and then she's trying to get up. Yeah. So it does, that does scare me. I'm not scared of going in a pool, but it's not like my favorite thing. I don't fucking care. I don't like chlorine. I don't like being in wet bathing suits. (laughs) Like there's a lot I don't like. (laughs) I think I like being at the pool. I'm not a sun person. I don't go in the sun, so anything involving sun is not usually an activity I enjoy. Like I'll drink by the pool if it's like an environment that's cool, or like like in Palm Springs or something. Right. But it's I want to be in the shade, yeah, and have drinks and food. Like, but I, it could be anywhere. I don't really care if the pool's
1: there. <laughs> right. It could just be an outdoor patio. Right. No, I love a tropical beach, but I'm not going to Santa Monica.
2: Uh, yeah, it's never, people are always like, let's go to the beach. I'm like, I'm fine. Yeah. I
1: don't want to drive that far. (laughs) Now, Woolwine next asked him if it was possible he did murder these women and he just couldn't remember as Watson had said earlier that his memory just wasn't that good. Watson said maybe, and then inexplicably began to contradict his previous statements about his urge to kill, saying he wouldn't have had any reason to kill Bertha or Alice because they had no money.
2: I mean, it's weird to me when people confess, but then they leave a few out. Right. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, sometimes I do feel like maybe those ones they felt guilty about, so they don't want to confess to them. You know how they'll have their weird
1: levels of like what they feel bad about. Right. If this is a situation where it isn't a false confession, you mean? Yes. Like if it's an actual serial right. killer. Right. Because
2: it would be weird to lie. Like if you're confessing, who fucking cares at that point? You're not going to get more time at, beyond life in prison. Right? Like,
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Woolwine asked... Watson next about Elizabeth Pryor, whose corpse was found in Washington, and who was the whole reason he had this murder charge once police discovered that they had been married. Watson married Elizabeth Pryor in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho on March 25, 1919. While the couple was driving from Portland to Seattle, they had car trouble. Watson said he had purchased the car in Portland using the surname Lewis, but he couldn't remember which first name he used. So on this trip, they're having major car trouble. The front wheel kept coming loose. And though they had stopped several times to fix it, it seemed no use. This front wheel just kept popping off. That's weird. I mean, how strong were those bolts back in 1919? It was popping off. <laughs> <laughs> I looked up how fast cars could drive back yeah. then. It was like 20 miles an hour. Really? Yeah. That sounds frustrating. Like. <laughs> Like a car that people could drive. Right. Not like a a race car or something. I don't know. But anyway, he does a lot of driving and traveling. Yeah. In this story. And so I was just thinking like how much of a pain in the ass that seems to drive from Portland to Seattle in a car that goes twenty miles an hour. Right. I mean, they must have not known any better. But well, obviously they didn't know any better. They that was fast for them. That was fast for them, I know, but that's like really irritating. That's what I
2: always think about when, because the freeway that I live off of is clearly from the 1920s when they had cars that went that slow, the 110. Yeah. So, because the entrance ramps are literally like five feet <laughs> before you you merge into traffic. I know. So it's like the most dangerous freeway. And it's like, this must have been like Model T. Like they made this when Model Ts were like on the road. Oh, It's yeah. crazy, Yeah.
1: So, finally, uh, they decided to stop at an abandoned house to have some lunch, because this car was just beat up. Uh, Elizabeth was annoyed about the car, and they began to bicker over this. She called it a, quote, no-account car, which really pissed Watson (laughs) off. I looked that up. It's like a useless... I mean, she's right. Yeah. She, I'd be frustrated too. She was like, Why did you buy this piece of shit car? Yeah. Then he shot back with, Well, you liked it when I bought it. And they're probably eating like liverwurst sandwiches. <laughs> this is a miserable lunch. They're in some dank, musty, abandoned house in right. the woods.
2: It's already a 20 mile per hour car, and then this fucking wheel keeps popping off, making it even slower. Disaster. Yeah.
1: Then Watson started swearing at Elizabeth. <gasps> And Elizabeth, and then he told her to shut up. Ooh. Elizabeth then pulled a hat pin out and told Watson <laughs> that she would stick any man who dared to cuss at her. I like how what year is this? <laughs> 1919.
2: I mean that's such nineteen nineteen. Your hat pin like is a weapon? <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: Uh, and you don't cuss at women in nineteen nineteen, apparently. apparently. <laughs> Unless you're cool. Unless she's into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So then, obviously, Watson was mad that she was fighting back and not right. not taking this from him. So he responded by pushing her, causing her to hit her head against the corner of a piece of furniture. Elizabeth collapsed and began bleeding <gasps> profusely from the head wound. Watson ran to his car to retrieve his hammer. He then struck her several more times to ensure she was dead. His logic for this was baffling. He said he wanted to make sure she was dead so that he wouldn't be accused of killing her. That's Sorry. what he said. I read, his, I read the transcript of this interview that he did. I mean, I can see how that
2: makes sense in your head.
1: <laughs> he, it was an accident, he alleges, that he pushed her and she fell into this piece of furniture. Right. But then he's like, well, I better just kill her all the way. Or I'll get accused of killing her. <laughs> That's what he said. Um. Yeah. Watson left the body in the house the rest of the afternoon and into the night while he posted up outside by his car watching to see if anyone came by. At one point, some people came by looking to camp at this house, but he told them the house was occupied, so they left.
2: Camping is, like, popular. (laughs)
1: People just camp. I think... There was like a lot of abandoned houses, too, where people would just be like, oh, look, here's a house to have lunch. Right. And like, if you're
2: traveling, maybe you just set up camp wherever, right? Because well, like,
1: the car goes 20 miles an hour.
2: Yeah. This is a long Why trip. does he have a hammer all the time? Is it for a
1: tent? Yes. A tent? Yeah. It's for the stakes okay. to drive them into the ground. Now, that night, Watson buried the body outside of the house And seeing as how the house was now covered in blood, Watson decided the best way to deal with the crime scene would be to just burn it down. Okay. As the house was engulfed in flames, Watson drove off in his car and headed for Olympia. Elizabeth Pryor's body would be found in July of 1919. Woolwine questioned Watson about several more women, many of whom he confirmed he was married to, but said he wasn't sure who else he had murdered. He said he was tired and just needed to rest. Quote, at times my mind is just a blank, and at night I will lay sometimes for hours, and often since I have been arrested, I find myself oft times in a trance, and imagine I am not arrested. I am just dreaming I am under arrest, and I go on for hours that way. Watson said that he may have been married between 10 and 20 times, but never divorced. He said (laughs) as As far as he could recall, the first woman he ever married was a woman named Catherine Cruz in British Columbia, but he did not murder her. Oh. He did not murder all of his wives. Right. Not even like accidentally murder them. Like some of them he just abandoned.
2: They're the lucky ones. (laughs)
1: Truly. Yeah. Woolwine asked Watson if he was a pervert and he said no. He said he didn't get any sexual relief from murder, just a general sort of... Relief. Woolwine then asked him if he had any weird sex with his wives, and Watson said no. And throughout this interview that I read, Woolwine really presses him about his sexual preferences.
2: And he doesn't give up anything?
1: He didn't give up jack shit, does he? Uh, Disappointing. Yeah, I didn't want to know. He was like, I have perfectly normal sex. I like missionary. And that's it. <laughs> Watson told Woolwine that his troubles began in childhood after another boy at school hit him on the head with a baseball bat. But Watson claimed that he didn't have any desire to kill anyone until a few years ago. He said he wouldn't harm a kitten. That's nice. He went on, he was like, (laughs) I love babies. I love small animals. I wouldn't harm an ant.
2: He's like uh, Norman Bates at the end. (laughs) Right. Yeah.
1: Woolwine asked him how old he was, and he said he didn't even know, but that he was in his 40s. He asked, <laughs> <laughs> he asked him what his real name was, and Watson replied, I honestly don't know, but I'm James P. Watson now. Like, that's what my official name is. Okay. He said he was born somewhere in the South, maybe Tennessee, maybe Texas, and that he was an orphan. He would occasionally go live in foster homes. Watson claims one of his earliest memories was being hidden in a closet or under a bed at his foster home when his biological father tried to come get him. He said he was known by a lot of nicknames as a foster kid and that the first surname he can recall having was at around age 10. It was Harper. He said that he had that name for about four or five years. Watson told Woolwine he couldn't remember specifically where he spent ages 10 through 15, but that it was on a farm. First in Tennessee, then in Kansas, and then in Arkansas. In Kansas, he said he lived with a man who was a blacksmith out in the country. He said this man made him work on the farm and in the shop, and if he didn't work, he didn't get to eat. he? do you know what one of his jobs was? At the farm? Yeah, with this blacksmith. He got to work that little like squeezy thing with the little spout on the end for the fire. Ooh. You know those? Yeah. That's called a
2: bellows. Oh, that you, you squeeze it like a, um, it's like a squeeze box. (laughs) Yeah. I have one. What? Well, because first of all, I have a fireplace at my house and the first thing I bought for it was (laughs) (laughs) because I always wanted one. Does it work? I mean, I don't know what the fuck it's supposed to do, but I always wanted one of those things for yeah, a fireplace. Me too. So that was the first thing I bought for my fireplace. Uh, I think it does help when you're lighting the fire to squeeze the air, but you have to do it just at the right time. Otherwise, you'll put the fire out. Right. Like, it has to be, like, in between. It's like to give so it... So you're stoking it, but you don't want to put the fire out. So it has to be, like, on the upswing, kind of. Did you get, like, a vintage one? It looks vintage, but it's not vintage. I yeah. think the problem is vintage ones are all cracked right. and wouldn't really work because they need to be like airtight so right. they have any cracks. Uh, so, I mean, it looks kind of old, but it's not vintage. That's so funny.
1: <laughs> I just, when he was like just saying that he worked the bellows, I was like, what, what is that? And I
2: didn't know it was called a bellows, I don't think. It's like vaguely familiar. Believe me, anything from that period as a child, I wanted. Yeah. I wanted a muff. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I still want a muff Me too Like I literally want a muff so bad Like I can't even like stand it Here's the thing I've wanted a muff since I was a kid But I grew up in California So it's never been cold enough for one
2: Yeah I mean I definitely lived in the east coast Where it was colder But they just didn't sell them Like you can't buy a muff Like Well now I feel like I could get one on Etsy Oh now they probably
1: make them I, For sure Or you could find a vintage one online
2: Yes so I definitely... I, I next sk- time we go to New York in the winter, we both have to get muffs. Yeah. It will be so fun. And then and we'll then we, go ice skating
1: oh, with it. With a muff? Yeah. That's what they're for. They're for ice skating. <laughs> and then we'll go to Balthazar and get French fries. Yeah.
2: That's like my fantasy to skate with, with a muff. Same. Yeah. And okay. I'm not bad at it. I'm actually good at it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I ice skate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and once I step on, I'm immediately great.
1: <laughs> now, this blacksmith that Watson said he lived with was a real asshole. He received daily beatings (gasps) from him. It was so bad that he said he contemplated suicide as a child. Watson's other major head injury occurred while he was playing in the shop at the blacksmiths. He said that an anvil came loose and (gasps) fell on his head, knocking him unconscious for several hours. Damn. Watson said he ran away from the farm a year later because he just couldn't take any more abuse. This is when he first changed his name. He was afraid of being found. He told Woolwine that he was about 15 at the time, and at that time he changed his name to Dan Bolton. Watson made his way to another farm a ways east, and he lived and worked there for the next two years. After that, he said he drifted for a bit from place to place, eventually landing in Arkansas and then in Texas, where he said he went to school. Watson gave District Attorney Woolwine directions on where they could locate the body of his missing wife, Nina Deloney. The following day, Woolwine and a team of men headed out to the desert nearly 200 miles away. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Accompanying the search party on the way to the desert to find the body of Nina, reporters from the LA Times were there as well as a medical examiner Mm. to examine the body once they found it. The team searched for hours, toiling away in the hot sun with pickaxes and shovels, but they could not find a body. Woolwine was pissed. He decided they needed to bring Watson with them for another search. Watson agreed to show them where the body was if he was allowed to make a statement to the public. Woolwine was like, okay, fine. And this statement was printed in the paper a few days later on May 4th, 1920. And I read this statement and it took up like the whole page. Really? They really let him go to town. Damn. I don't think they would do that today. No. for someone They would like shorten it. (laughs) Well, someone being accused of a serial killer, I don't think they would like let them... Um, yeah, I don't know. Make a big statement to the press like this. This was a very long statement. Basically, it boiled down to, look, I'm a complicated guy. Yeah. I have some good qualities and I have some bad qualities. These are my bad qualities, which you may have heard of.
2: <laughs> but I'm also a gardener.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have training uh, with blacksmith.
2: I'm a a great, what is it called? A huffer? No, a bellows. A bellows
1: puffer? (laughs) I I can puff the hell out of a fire. And one of my wives said I was very good in bed. (laughs) The statement was made to garner sympathy from the public as he cited his rough childhood and his lapse in memory over the years. He wanted people to know he was insane. He was like, would a sane person marry several different women who lived in the same towns and carry all the marriage certificates with him?
2: I mean, I have to say, having an anvil fall on your head does seem like you probably suffered some brain injury, if that's true, right?
1: Right. Or, or it could be indicative of that thing that happens when serial killers are kids sometimes. Right. If he had two
2: head traumas, because he had another one, right? Yeah, he said he got hit in the head with a baseball bat. Right. And then, I mean, an anvil, that's like fucking Wile e. Coyote. <laughs> shit like yeah. like that's i didn't even know that that could happen in real life yeah that seems like you would die I Anvils agree. are huge
1: like i agree but also who knows
2: we how. don't know if he's telling the truth but we, his symptoms sound like someone who probably has suffered some kind of if
1: he has memory loss yeah right uh-huh now he also said uh, he he was pleading with the public to treat him as an abnormal man and to treat him accordingly. This statement was very long. Like I said, it took up nearly the whole page. Who did he who wrote
2: it out for him? Woolwine. Oh, he
1: took the statement and then. Oh not it. Woolwine, Marmaduke. Wait, I'm sorry. My, you I, don't forgot, I forgot Marmaduke. about Marmaduke. Okay. <laughs> Marmaduke. JM, I think it yeah, JM Marmaduke was J. Morgan Marmaduke. That's his attorney. So he typed it out or whatever. He transcribed yeah, he transcribed it, gave it to the paper. Got it. And they printed it in the okay. LA Times. Since the first unsuccessful search for the body of Nina Deloney, Watson confessed to killing another wife. So in those few days before this thing is printed in the paper. He had a little light bulb moment. <laughs> he had a light bulb moment. This woman's name was Beatrice Wartha. He married her in February of 1919 in Tacoma, Washington, and he said he threw her overboard while they were on a boat on Lake Washington. Okay.
2: So this is a few times he's now done the boat thing.
1: (laughs) Again on Lake Washington, too. Oh, wait, where is that? In Washington. Oh, it's in Washington. Yes. Okay, got it. He said that he held her under so that she drowned. Watson said he killed her about a month after killing Nina Deloney. Damn! Police departments across the country were communicating with each other about additional crimes Watson may have committed. There was the New Jersey police department that said they received a letter from a woman who claimed that Watson had married her and scammed her out of money. There was a woman in Long Beach, California, who was a black woman who said that Watson had posed as a black man in in an attempt to get her to marry him and run away to Texas.
2: Did she meet him?
1: He said he was mixed. Okay. So I don't know. And to run away to Texas? I mean, that seems like a high. To her credit, she was like, no, I'm not running. (laughs) She was like, I'm not running away to Texas. Uh,
2: Yeah. No.
1: It's good for her. There was also a murder in Nebraska that police there believed that Watson may have committed. This murder had occurred 10 years prior in the town of Tecumseh. Please forgive me if I said that wrong. A woman and her 18-year-old daughter were both murdered, and their bodies were discovered at the bottom of a well. Police believed it was done by the husband, who they believed was Watson. The murdered woman's husband was going by the last name Heese. The husband had disappeared after the murder, but police were able to trace him to California. So, I mean, I think people are looking into any kind of murder missing life. or missing woman where a yeah. husband might have been involved they're like it's got to be that guy Yeah. the night before Watson's statement appeared in the paper he boarded a train headed to the burial site as he entered the train a flashbulb from a camera went off this pissed him off he did not like his picture being taken <laughs> <laughs> is he like listening to something I think he's watching TV okay <laughs> Excuse me. Watson turned to the deputy who was escorting him and pointed to the photographer and said, catch that man and break his plates. But the deputy was like, no. Yeah. I'm not doing that. Calm down. That night on the train, a lively Watson stayed awake until 3 a.m. talking with the deputies. He told them that he hoped William Wood would get the Republican nomination for president. It was very much in like a excited... Spirit William Wood. <laughs> I looked him up. I was like, "Who is this guy?" Never heard of him. You know, he was uh, running in the primaries for the Republican oh, nomination. So he was just a primary. Yeah, guy he didn't. Yet. He didn't win the nomination okay. that year, but uh, he tried. He he gave it his all. <laughs> he did not win. The train pulled into the station at seven thirty a.m. They had arrived in Imperial County in the town of El Centro. Watson exited the train and was met with a crowd of onlookers and a barrage of photographers taking his picture. Watson was then escorted by police to the Bee Cafe where they had a hearty breakfast. I looked up this cafe, the Bee Cafe.
2: Ooh. Couldn't find anything. Yeah, I bet you I I know exactly what they serve. What? Well, it's probably like fucking griddles to shit. Like Johnny Cakes? Yeah, Johnny Cakes, (laughs) eggs, bacon. You know, on that flat thing, yeah, and they're just flipping things?
1: Yeah. That's when t- food tastes good. And they're all mixed together because it's yeah.
2: bacon fat on every mm. fucking thing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's got seasoning for like 100 yeah, years. Yeah,
2: it's good. I want I want that kind of food. I
1: miss that the most.
2: I want an egg sandwich, you know, with like the egg and ham or bacon and cheese.
1: It's I just so want diner food in general. Yeah, Hash browns. I want hash browns more than anything. I want bacon. I want the works.
2: Yeah, it sounds good. Fuck, dude. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck.
1: Okay. Hordes of people got into their cars and followed Watson, D.A. Woolwine, and Imperial County officials into the Borrego Desert where Nina's body was buried. Watson was being transported to the site via ambulance. Watson pointed to a rocky ledge high above them and said... That's where she is. So they hiked up a rugged trail quite a ways before Watson stopped and pointed there behind that rock. And sure enough, Nina's body was found buried in the sandy ground. This is a very serious podcast and we're being interrupted by my cat. I'm sorry. (laughs) So rude. It's so unbelievably rude of him. Considering it had been there for several months, the body was in pretty good condition. Nina's nude body was found with one arm twisted behind her back, legs bent at the knee in sort of this butterfly shape. So she was like crumpled before she was buried in there. Her long brown hair hung around her head and her face was crushed as if from a hammer, just as Watson had said. There were signs of defensive wounds on one of her hands. The ledge where Nina was buried was underneath a waterfall, which investigators surmised was done on purpose as they thought the water would push more sand and rocks on top of the body, burying it deeper over time. Watson was placed back into the ambulance and he said, I told you I'd find the place. Nina's body was taken to the nearby morgue in El Centro to be examined. The medical examiner determined that the cause of death was blunt force trauma to the head, and that she had been dead for three or four months. An angry mob had gathered at the El El Centro Jail where Watson was being held. He was escorted through the back door when police took him to the morgue to go identify the body. District Attorney Woolwine asked Watson if this was the body of Nina Deloney, whom you say you have murdered in Los Angeles County and then brought to Imperial County to bury. Watson said yes. He looked at her face and broke down. It had been crushed beyond recognition. The sight of Nina's remains was so horrific that when the coroner's jury came in to view the body, one of the men nearly fainted, and he had to leave the room. Watson was escorted back to the train station to be taken back to Los Angeles. Again, crowds of angry... (laughs) Uh. (laughs) I can't. Shut up. Leave this all in. Crowds of angry people were calling for his head, and they, everyone was just following him all over town. Yeah. Like, they knew yeah, where he was going. Yeah, it seems going. like he's really uh, created a stir. People hate this dude, for good reason. Mm-hmm. The following day, Watson's attorney, J. Morgan Marmaduke, released a statement on behalf of his client saying that he would be pleading guilty. The statement was as follows. Quote, I do not wish to enter a plea of insanity. This is final. Though I wish the public to believe me when I sincerely state that I am possessed by of abnormal mentality, my plea will be one of murder in the first degree. Honestly, I bet he was like, I'm such a big person for doing this. Yeah. It's like, we don't care. And we would have convicted
2: you regardless.
1: <laughs> it's like, I don't, you can't fire me. I quit. Or something. <laughs> Marmaduke stated that they did not wish to plead to a lesser charge, just that his client would be charged in Los Angeles and not Washington so he wouldn't face the death penalty. He also expressed that his client believed Los Angeles prisons had better conditions than the one in Washington. How did he know? How bad are they in
2: Washington? (laughs) Well, it's such a weird... I mean, the death penalty makes sense, but... Why? I don't know how he would know which prisons were better or worse. That's what he said. He's also, they didn't have the death penalty in California then? Was it not?
1: I don't know. And I also read that they had recently repealed the death penalty in Washington. So I don't think he even knew what he was talking about. Right.
2: I mean, that stuff does go in and out. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. And sometimes states don't do it as much as other states. But I, I mean, I'm just remembering some of our older cases that what there was a death penalty yes. in California. Right. So maybe we, this is just a period
1: it wasn't in use. Right. We've, we've talked about cases that took place 50, 80 years ago yeah. here where there was a death penalty. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe he just liked the cachet of San Quentin to him. Yeah. He wanted wanted to go there. Watson denied being involved in the murder that took place 10 years ago in Nebraska. Watson said that if any other murders did come to him, he would contact the district attorney. How thoughtful. (laughs) Investigators at this time had become suspicious that Watson was capable of carrying out the murder of Nina Deloney the way that he said he did. They believed that she was not murdered at the Long Beach campsite where he said she was, but that Watson and Nina had traveled to Imperial County to camp at the burial site. They speculated that Watson murdered her up there, up on that ridge, rather than murder her all the way up in L.A., then drive her body 200 miles and then lug it up that trail. So why would he lie about that, though? Because he wanted to be charged in... LA.
2: Oh, I was like, he wanted to brag about
1: <laughs> carrying her body up there. Dude, again, 200 miles in that 20 mile an hour car with a dead body.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. But I wonder what was the problem with Imperial County?
1: He wanted to be charged in Los Angeles. I don't know why he did. He was He has such very-
2: specific goals in mind for his like incarceration and trial it's just bizarre to me look i don't know there could have been a very like specific reason he had he he i don't want to travel to travel down to san diego every weekend
1: for for court (laughs) right yeah i don't know he but he was like this is the best situation for me that's so weird meanwhile watson had confessed to two more murders agnes wilson from alberta canada and eleanor fraser from seattle Agnes was yet another wife that Watson had murdered on a boat in Lake Washington. Oh my God. Which leads me to believe he did. Those other murders were not accidental. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is they're a, clearly not.
2: This, I'll give him one accidental. He gets one, <laughs> but you can't have multiple accidental wives being killed in the same. And spot. you're also a murderer. Like what are the chances? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that sucks. <laughs> I could have killed her. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe it. So he said that him and Agnes were rowing around the lake for a while. After, after that, they pulled back up to the shore. Watson grabbed an oar and beat her over the head with it. Oh, my God. He then stuffed her coat with pot, rocks. Yeah. He stuffed the pockets with rocks and rowed her back out into the middle of the lake and threw her overboard. This is like that case I covered, the Grace Brown. Yes. Yeah. Reminds me of that. He met Eleanor when she answered his personal ad in the newspaper looking for a wife. He did a lot of personal ads. That's I didn't even know they had those back then. Oh, yeah. And like people would just place them like for wives. Like I'm looking for a wife. Sturdy, good cook. Handsome woman. (laughs) Uh. And people answered them. I guess. And he was even discerning with some of them. Oh, really? Yes. Like he had a lot of people answering his Fit. ads.
2: <laughs> For long brown hair.
1: Like what was his type? Did he have a type? I don't think he had a type. He just wanted to make sure probably they weren't too suspicious. Yeah. I must don't know. not be
2: suspicious of my 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 bag. <laughs> <laughs>
1: He said he murdered Eleanor on their honeymoon. They had traveled to Spokane Falls in Washington where he pushed her over the waterfall. Oh my God. That is a scary way to go.
2: That, yeah. How do you, wait, how, how do you even do that? Is there like a little veranda that goes over or something? Like the
1: top of the waterfall?
2: So you're, yeah, I, I've never been on top of a waterfall. Is there like a little viewing area? I guess. That you get pushed over? That's what he did. Uh, that's so scary. Into the
1: rocks below. Yeah. Terrible way to go. And this wasn't the last of it either. There were two additional wives he confessed to murdering in Lake Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Marie Austin, who was beaten with a rock and drowned, and a woman named M.A. Watt, who was also drowned. Damn. Now, Watson pled guilty, so there wouldn't be a trial, but four alienists were called upon by D.A. Woolwine to help determine his sentence. Two of the four doctors said that Watson was sane, and the other two said that he was insane and a pervert. Ooh. The judge ruled that Watson was morally bankrupt but sane. Fortunately for Watson, he was sentenced to life in prison in San Quentin, just like he wanted. His dream. Yeah. During Watson's interview with the doctors prior to sentencing, a clearer picture of his early life was revealed and confirmed, including his real name. Ooh. The life story he had told doctors included pieces of what he had already told investigators when he was first being interrogated. Right. But this was a way more comprehensive statement. James P. Watson was born Joseph Gillum on July 24, 1871 in Arkansas. His father was a farmer named George or John Gillum, and his mother was Catherine Ward. His parents split up when he was a baby, and his mother remarried a blacksmith by the name of John Holden. This blacksmith who would become his stepfather was the one who administered severe daily beatings to him when he was just a small child. At this time, Watson was being called Dan Holden. Maybe that's where he got Dan Bolton from. Oh, yeah. Kind of sounds the same. Similar. Watson ran away from home at a young age and lived and worked on various farms. He had a variety of jobs and he did enroll in school at some point. One of his jobs was at a doctor's office. Like I said, he had a variety of yeah. different jobs. He didn't he didn't really have a passion beyond murdering his wives. Doesn't seem like it.
2: Like he was That's his one consistent <laughs> it's quality.
1: The one, it's the one thing in his life that I think he really loved to do. Yeah. Watson married his first wife, Marie Hollingsworth, in Coffeyville, Kansas in nineteen thirteen. But the marriage was short-lived. No, he did not murder her. They actually got a divorce. Ooh. Which is rare for him. Yeah. Because he her. said he didn't have one. He said, I don't get divorces. Yeah. I have so a perfect have record. <laughs> I have a perfect record on no divorces. Yeah. That's the one thing I remember. <laughs> he did not. He did divorce this woman. After his divorce, he stayed at the YMCA for a while. Uh, he liked the guys he met there. He said. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he said it was fun to stay there. <laughs> that's what he said in the in the interview I read with him. It's fun to stay at the YMCA. <laughs> I didn't even know they had the YMCA in nineteen thirteen.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it makes sense, right? Yeah, I don't know. I have known nothing about it. It's the Young. What is it? The Young, young Men Christian Christians Association. <laughs> I guess it sounds kind of oldie timey uh, when you hear. Because I've set been out. to a YMCA.
1: Oh yeah, like they let women in there now. Well, yeah. <laughs> Like I went there, I think like they took There's us, one in Santa Monica, right? There is? Yeah. I went in like Costa Mesa. They took us there in rehab once. Oh. Like to go like exercise. Do aqua aerobics? We did not do, <laughs> no. It was not that kind of fancy place. No, um, the one
2: in Santa Monica is kind of like expensive. Really? I mean, it's like, you know, it's not cheap. I remember going there with my ex-boss and I was like, oh, I, I thought this would be like dirt cheap, but it was like more than I thought it would be. Yeah, Uh, But they had like a pool and maybe like some kind of lame gym. Like, you know, those ones where it's like, is this from the 80s?
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like the Jack LaLanne kind of stuff. With those like uh, tan leather medicine balls. Yeah. That's how I imagine it. Yeah.
2: But I think it was the pool that everyone liked. And as you know, I didn't give a fuck about the pool. Right. So I didn't want to go to that.
1: No, we did like, they took us there like maybe a couple times and we had like a like a workout class like an aerobic workout class That sounds hilarious. Dude. <laughs> any time any time at the rehab I went to in Costa Mesa that we had to like get on the van like the white van with like the whole fucking crew Yeah. And like go on an outing somewhere we would all just be like humiliated. Yeah. Cuz like it's just this group of like disgusting haggard women
2: did you have a uniform or you got to wear your own clothes?
1: We got to wear our own clothes, but like none of us had cute clothes and you yeah. we weren't like wearing cute clothes. I mean, it was like glorified pajamas a lot of the right. time, but I would like, you know, and they didn't, they were like really like strict at this place I was at. Right. So it wasn't like, if I had like worn like a push-up bra, they would have been like, button your fucking, yeah. what are you here Get for? That crop top off. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, and that's, you know what? And it's fine because it's like, yeah, of course. When I got out, I was a major slut afterwards. So it was fine. You I needed that little period off. I needed this, I needed a three month period where I wasn't a total slut and it was fine. Um, it worked out for me. So, yeah, I mean, it was just like another embarrassing outing where everyone knows we're like the rehab van pulling up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Although one time I think they did wear us wear matching shirts to like Newport Beach. Yeah. And it's like Newport Beach. So it's like
2: fancy people there. Right. Sometimes I think they want to be able to see you. So it's like everyone with a blue shirt. Yeah. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so they don't like lose people.
1: <laughs> there she is. I'll never forget one time we weren't allowed to have caffeine at this place. <gasps> That should be illegal, by the way. Yeah, like if I ever that ran, awful. if I ever well, okay. Look, we did we we broke into one of the staff's closets and we stole their coffee and replaced it with our decaf. <gasps> we got in really big trouble. Oh my god! So whenever we would like go out somewhere, like we'd have like a weekly or whatever. If we like went to a meeting or something, like one time we went to a meeting and there was like this whole spread of food oh on my the god. tables, and I'm like. Piggy, we all ran to the food because yeah. it was like good food. It wasn't bologna sandwiches yeah. and like whatever we had for lunch. And we were like drinking all the coffee and my friend turns to me and she's like, this is humiliating. This is so embarrassing as she's stuffing her face with like <laughs> 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 mini muffins She's like, I am so he I'll never forget. She goes, she was like a middle-aged, she was like a mom, okay? And she turns to me, she's like, I'm so humiliated right now. I am fucking humiliated, and we were all just <laughs> stopping
2: our <laughs> <face>. <laughs> uh, And you know that stuff is isn't even good. No, it wasn't even it was like it was like continental breakfast. It's like the I just know exactly what those mini muffins dude are. <laughs> It's like <laughs> blueberries. It was And like the cake is so bad. The only part that tastes good is the part with the one blueberry.
1: Yes. (laughs) It was exactly, it was that. Because look, I've been the person to bring the food to the meeting before. You get the cheapest fucking shit. Right. You go to the grocery store and buy like the cheapest shit you can. You get the manager's special socket to me cake. Yeah. Okay. So that was like fucking... (laughs) That was like a five star meal for us. Yeah. Not that they didn't like, I mean, but the food we had, like, whatever, like, the main meals we got there was like lunch was bologna sandwiches or some kind of lunch meat. Yeah. On like white bread. And then, like, breakfast was like you get a bowl of cereal and like a styrofoam, whatever bowl. Oh my God. And then dinner, we did have a guy who, like, was a volunteer cook, but none of us liked his cooking. Right. Yeah, we had like a chicken cordon bleu, but not good. (laughs) No, (laughs)
2: Um, (laughs) turkey a la king.
1: (laughs) It was totally chicken a la king. It was like you know, really old school kind of meals that were just that they could make a huge vat of a huge vat of very high caloric. Which you know what we all needed the calories. You know what I love is um,
2: shit on a shingle. What? (laughs) Dude, that was my favorite thing to eat as a kid. You get that bag of creamed chip beef and put it on toast. No. (laughs) I loved it. It's just a bechamel with some beef shit in it, like bacon. It's the fact that they called it shit on a shingle. I know, but it was so good on toast. I haven't had that literally since I was a kid. I loved it. I bet we have a shit on a shingle hive out there. Oh, yeah. We love it. It's good. You used to be able to buy it. It was like Stouffer's. They didn't call it shit on a shingle (laughs)
1: Like chipped beef or yeah. something. I've heard of that before. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's so what, they, that's what happens when you grow up in California. You don't get to have these grow up with these iconic weird fucking. I guess I didn't like have old shit. school. I didn't have scrapple. Oh yeah.
2: No, there's a lot of yeah. I mean, stuff is so regional. Yeah. But yeah, the East Coast, like all of those things, Salisbury steak. Like if you eat a lot of like frozen TV dinners too, like my mom definitely bought a lot of those. Yeah. Even though she cooked, she also worked. So she would also have that shit in the freezer. (laughs) But I liked
1: some of it. Like I loved the cherry pie (laughs) and the (laughs) stover's I liked you know what i I'm not a food snob. I'm very particular, but I'm not a food snob. I like a good TV dinner. I probably would not like it now, no, but, but as there a was kid. thing as a kid,
2: like I loved that fucking cherry pie and like everything. like I can remember the taste of it. Like, yeah, the mashed potatoes sucked ass. like they were always watery, yeah., uh, but yeah, it's funny. I, I haven't had any of that food in so long
1: i need a Stalsbury, Salisbury steak. I'd eat one of those I, today. I would love to look and see what that is.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I, honestly, I mean, it's like a hamburger, but it has a seasoning to it and like a gravy, right? It's like, the seasoning. But what is that seasoning? I we bet, have to look it up. I bet we could make a gourmet version. That would be good. Oh, totally. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a recipe that, I mean, a, 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 like a restaurant that has served like a avant-garde version of it or something you know who
1: probably has a recipe on her blog is the pioneer woman oh shit yeah she (laughs) (laughs) okay Um, where are we in this fucking story we're ymca we're at he stayed at the ymca um we're almost at the end here just just hold on guys we're getting there after he stayed at the Y, Watson traveled throughout Texas, then to Oklahoma, Colorado, and then he went to Chicago at some point. Then he changed his name to Lawrence Harris and lived in Missouri working for a stamp and seal company. He married again to a woman named Olive, but they divorced. Then he married his third wife, Alice Freeman. It was during this time that he ran into his first trouble with the law. He was indicted for mail fraud. But before he could be arrested, he left his life and his wife and fled to Moose Jaw, Canada. <laughs> now, that is a great town name. That's so Canadian. Moose Jaw. Yeah. Do we have hey, any this listeners? This guy travels a lot. I'm telling you, Desi. It's the g-
2: <laughs> How do these people travel? They travel more than me. <laughs> I know.
1: Uh, Do we have any listeners from Moose Jaw, Canada, is what I want to know. Absolutely. Is that a place you live? Is it a place you camp?
2: Is it new? Like, like, does
1: it still exist, I mean? like, Oh, right. It was while living in Canada that he changed his name to James P. Watson. He met his fourth wife, Catherine Cruz, in Canada. Then he bailed on her. It was his fifth wife that would be his first murder victim. This was Marie Austin. Oh, right. I don't know, maybe he was just like, oh, it seems easier to do away with them instead of get a divorce.
2: Yeah, I'm or am curious.
1: Leave. And then they're started. calling me. Yeah. And then he decided, oh, it'd be even easier to just marry a bunch at the same time. Right. Though Watson had confessed to nine murders, police continued to investigate his ties to additional missing women he may have married and murdered. The family of Bertha Goodnick filed a suit against Watson and his still-alive wife, Catherine Wambacker, the one who got him busted in the first place, yeah. she sued him for $100,000. Several of his other wives who were still alive and married to him filed for annulment. There was a headline I saw about this and one of the papers said like, Bluebeard's almost single because <laughs> so <laughs> many of his wives had filed for annulment. I feel like they really just went for it back then with the newspaper headlines.
2: Also, what? What are they su- suing him for? Like, I'm not talking about the annulment, but the money, you know, because so he doesn't
1: have money. He has no money. So they're just doing it for whatever. Like I'm, I have to sue you. I'm so upset. Yeah. I don't know. I've never sued anyone, so I don't really know what that kind right. of process is. No. Uh, Maybe it's just a save face. Yeah. You know? I mean, look, she was pissed. So James P. Watson, he went to prison in San Quentin where he stayed until his death, which was in 1939. He was 61 years old, and that's, that's the story of James P. Watson. How did he die? Pneumonia. Oh. Yeah. Weirdo. Yeah, real <laughs> not a
2: good guy. I just, it's so, it's so uh, difficult because he, we never really know 100% the truth for this story. right. Because he's forgetful or whatever he is. Right.
1: And he may very well have memory loss. Exactly. But but he also
2: moved around a lot and he had an erratic childhood that there's probably not a lot of records. Like there's probably gaping holes in his history. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, but it certainly seems like his childhood was difficult. And if he had these head injuries, it might have led to this. What is it, like the frontal lobe damage
1: that causes them not to be able to control their impulses? Right. I just think it's interesting that he didn't, according to him, he didn't start having these urges to kill until he was well into his adulthood. But it
2: seems like based on his information that it always stemmed from a fight, Right? Like, there was a fight between him and the wife. So that could be moments where he loses control. Well, not the
1: one he pushed off the waterfall. But we don't know what happened. He said that he just pushed her. Yeah, he's like, I was overcome with the urge. I mean... Look, I don't know what exactly his process was. Because he did... He would contradict himself also. It seemed like he knew enough to feel
2: bad that I think he was covering for his... Himself. Do you know what I mean? Like... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's hard to say And there's no, like There weren't really, like, in-depth psychological profiles Like, even though he had some We don't know as much as we know today No Probably, so no. Uh, yeah. Well, they
1: just went straight to pervert
2: Yeah, and I-, I would love to know, like, what they based that on was, They probably just
1: called anyone a pervert Oh, yeah Like, I'm sure the bar was really low <laughs> I think you got called a pervert for a very minor infraction back then
2: Right. Or just getting off on killing someone was probably considered pervert, even if it was just a high.
1: Do you know what I mean? Like, right. They definitely, not a sexual thing. They definitely, like, I could tell from his interview with the district attorney that he was, like, convinced that this had to be some kind of sexual thing. I think that's what it is. They're convinced that it is,
2: even if he doesn't give them that information. Uh, Yeah. Funny. Yeah.
1: Weird story. Totally. All right, well, I'll try to post some pictures on Instagram. Have a great day. We'll see you on Friday. Bye. Bye.
0: A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance.